Hey guys, welcome to Diva the Most. I'm your host, Harlow. And I'm your host, Oliver. And this is another episode of Deeper Than Most. We are on episode 39. But it's not just a regular episode. It's one of our little special episodes. And we're going to call this one a nighttime nostalgia episode. Yeah, so we're finally starting our nighttime nostalgia series. Um... Just because we're not cranking out our Myth Mashup series episodes as often anymore. Um, so, yeah, we're putting nighttime nostalgia in full effect. Well, probably not full effect just yet, but this is the first of many. So, yes. But this one's going to be really exciting, really fun, you guys. And as you can see, we are dressed up as the kids, as mm -hmm. our boys, um, the podcast kitties. And I'm Oliver, orange and white. And I'm Harlow, black and blue. <laughs> Harlow just black. He has a blue collar. Oh, clever! Damn! <laughs> Let me shut the fuck up then, because I didn't even think of that. Son, this is what you're not gonna do. <laughs> Damn. For our first nighttime nostalgia episode, we are going to be talking about Courage the Cowardly Dog. And the quote-unquote real stories that have inspired Courage the Cowardly Dog. And honestly, like, I love Courage the Cowardly Dog. I Pretty much, <laughs> I would think, every like, you know, at least on everybody's list of favorite shows as a kid. Um, it's just good. It's, it's, it's really, really good. Like, I don't even know what else to say. Not much you can say about it. It's a good show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, with this nighttime nostalgia episode, we are not going to focus on Dose of the Most. I don't know if you know if you're watching. You'd probably see we have a nice little setup here. We have our s'mores. Oh man, I'm so. We have excited. a little further, a different camera yeah. angle, I guess. You can see the table a little bit. Let us know how you like that. Yeah. Because it's it's different. So we got our lovely s'more maker. We'll put yeah. some B-roll in. Making sure, sure. s'mores on EP. 39. excited about this it's already on and going so it looks hot it's like yeah, already it's, red and we just plugged it in hey at least we know it works and guys it's still october and you know what that means we are still doing our giveaway and we're giving away 66 dollars and six cents hmm a little creepy uh creepy number there right yes <laughs> and so far we only have like two entries so Come on, guys what do you wait for yeah we only have like two entries at the moment so honestly if you're looking for some extra cash deeper than most is where it's at you're already <laughs> halfway there if you're watching right now you're halfway there all you yeah. have to do is subscribe and answer one of the ending questions on one of your favorite episodes exactly and with our first giveaway um we were gonna pull one winner and we <laughs> we actually just ended up taking two so i don't know we might do that this go around but probably not if you know there's not a lot of Only people way to that find out is if you enter yeah so get on it go ahead and enter like we really want to give away this money i mean yeah man we love you guys man it's 66 bucks it's exactly. not nothing <laughs> exactly. just some chump change drinks on us okay literally Speaking of drinks, I'm excited for next oh, week. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is going to be so fun. Yeah, we're really excited about Halloween next week, and we're probably going to dress up pretty intensely. I had plans to, like, do a full-fledged Halloween outfit, but hey, yeah. life, this Mercury retrograde really just fucked everything up, so... That's scratched, um, and right. we'll probably just find something quick and easy. Who knows? Who knows? You might see a familiar face on the show. Now on to this episode. So before we even jump into like, you know, all the theories and the what ifs and what it could be. Um, oh, you can go ahead and start making your s'mores, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hop on the bad boys. Um, 
But before we even like do that, I, I just want to roast a marshmallow. Literally. <laughs> Think it. Okay. So, what is Courage the Cowardly Dog even about? Like, for those who don't know. Network, honestly. Yeah. So, Courage is a timid pink dog. And I'm, like, when I say pink, I mean pink. Because, I kid you not, there's so many articles and posts that I've seen where people are like, Courage is a purple dog. I mean. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what geez. show are you watching? I guess it depends on your TV revolution because there are some episodes where he looks pink he or purple, pink, and then there are some where he does look purple. Okay, okay, fine. I'll let it slide. <laughs> Why? Okay, yeah, I'll let it slide. I know, I know. <laughs> I, th- I used to say the same thing. Like, but I, I just swear dog. he's pink. Like, yeah. <laughs> so courage is a timid pink or purple dog with paranoia or wow well, paranoia problems. His owners are an old couple living on a farm full of bizarre adversaries. Courage must overcome his fear and help save his owners, Eustace and Mural, from ghosts and paranormal spirits living on the farm. Although Mural loves Courage, Eustace loves to tease him and scare him. And this is... Ugh! You made me look bad! Literally like a quote, pretty much, that basically defines the whole, the whole show, the whole premise of the show. And it's a fucking great show, as simple as it is. A simple premise that just does damn good. Amazing. Okay. Is this shit like... <laughs> my marshmallow warm, but it's not like... Oh, my shit, I have is there any way to, to like heat it up even more? No, it's just on or off. Okay, well, we're just going to have to be patient with it. So, <laughs> many would say this is a great summary of the beloved childhood show, but... Have any of us pondered the possibility of a deeper explanation for this madness? Have you? Um, there was one time where I was like, hmm, I could see this being a real fucking thing. I always thought it was real. Because, like, what what's the inspiration? Because no one would just come up with it. It doesn't just I seem mean, like... It doesn't just surprised. seem like something. So who came up with human centipede and why? I mean, it just doesn't seem like something that someone would just come up with. That sounds like a lot of things, but that's not necessarily the case. Not necessarily, but that's just how I thought about it. Okay, okay. Just to give you guys a little background info on the show. Curse of Kelly Dog was created by John Dilworth and has four seasons. Oh, four great seasons. If you haven't seen the show, please watch it. <laughs> Curse of Kelly Dog is based in the middle of nowhere, as we all know. It is believed that the home in Curse of Kelly Dog and the scenery shots resemble photography of the Dust Bowl. They are quite similar, yeah. And we'll show pictures of both. They're really similar. Um, eerily similar, honestly. Yeah, it's almost scary. Mm-hmm. All sounds in the show were original. Dilworth wanted to create an experience no one was used to, and he definitely rose to the occasion. Oh, that's cool though. I don't think I've ever seen like behind the scenes like of how they do the sounds on the show. How they create stuff. It's cool. It just sounds cool. What movie or show was it? I don't know. I was watching behind the scenes of something Mm -hmm. and it was like creating sounds. I think it was for a quiet place or Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Um or like a gory horror movie, but it was showing how they show like bones cracking Ooh, and and like cool. how they make those sound effects. I would definitely be they to use watch like that peanuts thing. and walnuts. They crack walnuts and shit. I'm like, and think oh, about wow. It. And it like and then they'll and like it amplify it and, yeah. and tweak it. And it works. And yeah, it's it creates crazy. you know something magical. The magical stuff you can do with simple things. Yes. If I make um a s'more, will you eat it? I'm not a huge fan of s'mores, guys, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll, but yeah. I persuaded him to buy the s'more maker because... She just wants to make them. Yeah. Fine, <laughs> fine. Who doesn't like Who doesn't like making s'mores? Do you like making s'mores? Let us know if you like making s'mores. Because who doesn't? Or what's your favorite, like, spooky season treat? Or fall treat, even? Like, what? what's something that you just... The fall comes around and you're like, oh, well, we got to do this every year now. It's a tradition. Well, it definitely wouldn't be s'mores. I mean, not saying it is, but I'm just saying, what's, you know, what's your fall treat? What's a treat that you like? <laughs> John made it his mission to create a show that is entertaining, spooky, and funny. All things he loved out of TV, which is great. In order to do this, he took a different approach since he knew his audience would be young kids. He was looking for the perfect mix of scary, 
hold the trauma. Yeah. And honestly, that's like the best way to sum it up because you do need a certain level of scary to actually scare kids, but you don't want it to be too scary like adult horror where it is traumatizing (laughs) to fucking kids, you know? Like, I would say a lot of the... Well, shit, a lot of the um, visitors and the strangers on the show, like, definitely were creepy to me, but it wasn't anything that was, like, unbearably scary. No, it wasn't. But I will say, I think the character, the visitor that I disliked the most had to be that, um, the one with the creepy smile. I think his name, I don't know what his name is. Oh, that dude that just looks like a human? Yeah. That regular looking guy? I know who you're talking about. I think he has, like, orange hair or something. Mm. No, he's, he has blonde hair, and he wears, like... Oh, yes, I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah, he was creepy looking. Yeah, I was like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah, I think he was the creepiest to me, too, honestly. Yeah. Because that's just scary. Imagine seeing that. It's starting to turn brown. Look. After, like, 80 minutes. Right? I know. I'm trying to be patient with it. He flagged the show with uncomfortable and weird imagery, as well as storylines that were unheard of. Yes, yeah. and honestly, that's just what makes it so great. Continue on. I'm missing a letter. <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog is jam-packed with mixed medias that introduce many different elements of creative or creative fear. So what this means is like, here, I'm going to give this to you. Ooh. Oh, I... <laughs> um, what this means is like, you know how in Spongebob they'll show like real sponges and a real starfish mm-hmm. from time to time to mm-hmm. like show them out of water like or realist, whatever like a realistic approach to it. yeah or like when they're talking to the pirate dude mm-hmm. um just different things in spongebob they do they kind of use those same tactics encourage the cowardly dog but in spongebob it's used for a laughing factor yeah it's used for like a, a yeah but but in Courage the Cowardly Dog, it's used for a fear factor because it's something that, like, say, for example, you're just watching this cartoon, da-da-da-da-da, and then, like, a realistic hand just pops out of nowhere on the screen, like, like a real hand. Oh, yeah. That's not cartoon. It's so... It's just, it's out of it's, left field. Like. Yeah, it's left field, and it's, um, it's non-predictable, and so... It kind of plays into that, like, okay, this is out of place. <laughs> like, you know, this is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, especially given the context of the show and what they're showing. Yeah, it it does the job, I would say. And it does it damn good. Oh, fucking, yours is starting to turn too. Fucking amazing job. Yes. I like how we haven't touched any of the crackers or the I'm chocolate. I'm telling you. I, you know what? I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Roasting this marshmallow is kind of fun. <laughs> That's what it is. It's the roasting of the schmellow. <laughs> So, some sources say Courage was abandoned as a puppy after his parents were sent into outer space, but was adopted by Muriel and her husband, Eustace, wow, <laughs> Eustace, who regularly mistreats him. Eustace facts. <laughs> that nigga is an ass. For real. With the many theories of Courage the Cowardly Dog origins, one that is highly known is most, if not all, the monsters are fake. This theory suggests that Courage has fabricated these monsters because of his skittish and paranoid mind. Which makes some kind of sense, you know, like given the striking similarities between some of the uh, threatening beats of the show. Or beasts. That does make a lot of sense, you know, given the striking similarities between... Like, the beast that he does come in contact with, yeah. Courage a Cowardly Dog ran from November 1999 to November 2002. 52 episodes in total. If you're looking to rewatch the series, there are Dilworth Easter eggs scattered all throughout the many episodes to pay homage to John himself. Um, So that's kind of cool. That's always fun whenever, um, you know, a creator or... I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say. But whenever a creator, you know, yeah, just has gives themselves odes, an ode, odes, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Kind of like Walt Disney. Ooh, and now we can get into the twisted theories. And there's this is extensive, so get your snack, roast your s'mores with us, because ooh-wee, it's about to get a little crazy from here. Now that we've refreshed your guys' memory on this the awesome show, show, yeah, um, now we can talk about 
what possibly your, inspired it and we can you know we can make your skin crawl a little bit yeah if you're into it make your marshmallows melt <laughs> <laughs> so the first theory is courage is a regular dog who's just scared of strangers which i mean yeah. and that's i mean that's pretty damn straight up yeah it, pretty it is it is likely yeah but that's no fun <laughs> that's At no all. fun so the second theory the middle of nowhere is literal hell and this makes sense too, but it, I feel like it would be more of a personal purgatory. Uh, yeah, for sure. For courage, for sure. Because you notice, courage is the only one that's ever scared. Mm-hmm. So Muriel don't. It would care. be his hell. You just don't care. It's, yeah. it's courage. Both of these origin theories hold their weight, but there are more twisted and sinister theories that have come to the surface that make you look at Courage the Cowardly Dog in a different light, a beloved piece of childhood nostalgia with dark and uncanny roots. Or, just a fun kid show with a creator who has a great imagination and awesome influences. Honestly, it's a mix of both. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would like to hope so. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's a mix of both, for sure. It's more fun that way, you know? All right, so those were our light theories. You know, it could be hell, or... He could just be a dog scared of strangers. Yeah, and they're both, like, hella likely. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Well, we explore some other possibilities when we come back from thanking our sponsor. See you soon. Mm, Mm. Now that we're back, like a beautiful butt crack, um, we're going to get deeper into these theories because these next three theories... They're... Stir in the pot. Stir in the pot. This makes Courage the Cowardly Dog not so kid-friendly anymore, if you will. So, and now that we're back from thanking our sponsors, I can make the first s'more. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm trying to melt his mushroom, I mean Mushroom? I'm trying to melt his it's marshmallow just a tad bit more <laughs> before. I want it to, like, be a little toasty, you know? Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's not a real fire. We can only do so much. <laughs> so, can't, can't burn the house now, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, our first theory, like, our first serious theory, okay? Because those other ones weren't full-fledged, like, theories of the show. I, well, I guess they were. But, um, you know, they were quick theories. So, this one is, is it the Skinwalkers? Oh, my God. Yep, I said it. I said it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you know about Skinwalkers, then you should know why we probably shouldn't be saying skinwalkers. <laughs> so skinwalkers mean shapeshifter, shapeshifters pretty much. And these aren't just like willy-nilly regular shapeshifters. Ooh, this is perfect. Oh. Oh, here, lick that. I just want to, I just want to do the squeeze. Are you guys ready for this? <laughs> The s'more squeeze. Here you go. This is great. Thank you. You're welcome. Here's your skewer back. Thank you. And guys, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, tell me if it's good, if it's up to par. I mean, it's not toast, 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 but... Hmm. You like it? I give it a 10 out of 10. No way for a, a homemade like s'more maker yeah it's pretty decent and like i don't even make s'mores like that so i mean all you do is melt the marshmallows you did great uh, uh, let me get let me get my credit let me get my gods damn always trying to kill my spark i'm just saying you did good <laughs> talking about all you did was roast some marshmallows I'm, yep no, and i I'm roasted that bitch good I'm just saying like you said you don't make them but all you did was roast some marshmallows you did oh, but i did it <laughs> <laughs> so skinwalkers are shapeshifters and not just any regular shapeshifter they're believed to be malevolent witches mm. um yeah so it's a little more serious because when you're playing around with witches mm, you just it's a no-no bro it's, it's a, a no. no definitely a no so some people connect the visitors from the show to the unexpected and uninvited presence of skinwalkers 
Reportedly, most experiences with skinwalkers is seeing them in animal form and hearing them at night. Skinwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Are able to, shape, are able to shift into animals and different humans, even posing as someone you may no. know. Let me stop for this bitch fling off the stick. <laughs> Skinwalkers are not a pretty sight, and one way to tell them apart from one of our kind is witnessing them running on all fours. In human form. See, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so motherfucker, so motherfuckers be out here just uh, full on all fours, huh? The, just the skinwalkers do, yeah. They, they do be like that, <laughs> just man. be out this motherfucker just. Gallop. But that's, if you think about it, like, that's how you can tell them apart, oh, you know? Yeah. Like, you just see them as a shapeshifter, so you don't see yeah. the fault in right. the star, okay? So, um, witnessing them. The fault in our star, huh? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was and you, good. Got a little, you got a little marshmallow. Oh, oh, damn. <laughs> Come on, Harlow. Get it together, man. <laughs> Still there? Still got it? It's like, and there you go. And then you're going to write right there. You're fine. You're good. Am I good, bro? Because yeah, I look at this video and you're I still see this fucking. You're good. <laughs> All right. Let's go. When in human form, they have the appearance of wearing human skin, not having it. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, I guess you could slightly tell if you're just hella. I don't know. If you just in it and you nitpicky. Yeah. You know. And you're like, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. If you're like very aware of your surroundings and whatnot, you would probably be able to pinpoint a skinwalker if you saw one. But for those of us who wouldn't be able to, you know, distinguish a skinwalker from a human, uh, the only way to really tell is to see them run on all fours in what? human form. Because what know. human runs on all fours? Well, there's this. Girl Please that, tell me. Well, there's this girl. Who? <laughs> that, <laughs> that you used to know? No, no, no. There's this video on Facebook. Terrible. Well, no, that's why. Because it's a fucking yeah, Facebook. Yeah, where this girl was like everything. Thinking is on she there. was a horse, and she was just. Yeah, yeah. I gotta uh, show you, bro. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so now we get into the Skinwalker backstory. <laughs> Tales of the Skinwalker. Originate from the Navajo and other native tribes passed along for generations. The tales told by the Navajo shed light on the horrors of these mysterious beings. A lot of people believe they are real and that they kill for human reasons, not that there ever is a reason. That's for the God, because there really is no reason to kill folks, but they chop it up to, yeah, they've got a human reason to kill us. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. I, who fucking knows? <laughs> They are known to kill for power or revenge, just as a few examples, and often lure in and and manipulate their prey. If you were to ask the Navajo in this area about the skinwalkers, they would likely act confused, out of fear, which is honestly, I would too, because they are known to only talk about it once they get to know you and fully trust you. Hmm. And this is because if, you know, they're skinwalkers, so skinwalkers are able to turn into anybody. Oh, she said it out loud. Skinwalkers are able to turn into anybody. Look, we're in the sunken place. <laughs> Stop with the marshmallows of sleep. Anyway. <laughs> um... Well, I forgot what I was saying. Oh. Oh, okay. So the reason why um, the Navajo people are not comfortable with just talking to anybody about skinwalkers is because any stranger could be a skinwalker. And, um, you know, running the risk just talking about them... Um, you never know. You could be talking to one. So, obviously, if you know somebody, there's distinguishing facts about them that you would be able to use or ask questions about 
that only they would know the answer to that mm-hmm. you can confirm it's the person that you know. But if you're just meeting somebody, I mean, you don't know anything about them. So you don't know if it's a real stranger Have or if it's... all types of information. Exactly. People say it's unwise to talk about skinwalkers with strangers. Bringing up skinwalkers could likely attract them or strangers could be skinwalkers themselves. You can never be too sure, which is why you just got to be careful. Sources say that almost all of them have skinwalker stories of their own. So how could it ever be fake? Honestly, if everybody has a skinwalker story of their own, it's, it's got to be, be real. real. <laughs> like, what else? All right. So now that we've gotten into the first theory, which was just straight up skinwalkers themselves. Um playing a part in the inspiration to this beautiful show um there's some crazier theories out there and the next is the toy box killer theory Mm. and uh, honestly i'm pretty sure most of you guys if not all of you guys have heard of the toy box killer um he's pretty prolific so he's well known out there kind of like your jeffrey dahmer Mm. you know like um John Wayne Gacy, just those old classic serial killers. I hate to say that. Ugh, classic. But, I mean, they are. Like, when you think of a serial killer, those are the people that you think about. Yeah. Jeffrey and fucking. But, um, but David, David was uh, a different breed. Oh, yeah, he was a little different. Yeah. Meantime, in the middle of nowhere, there is a place called Truth or Consequences. And this is in New Mexico. Of and course it's it is. Literally, yeah. I mean, it, it actually makes sense. <laughs> but um, it's literally the middle of nowhere. Like, the U.S. has an actual middle of nowhere. And creepy stuff happens in the middle of nowhere. Yes, creepy stuff happens everywhere, but especially in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm going to call Truth or Consequences TOC just so I don't have to keep saying Truth or talk. Consequences every it's time. Talk. Talk. Okay. So, <laughs> TOC had an estimated population. Oh, I thought you had three marshmallows on there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> nice. TOC had an estimated population of 3,000 people. In this quaint little town, a string of murders would devastate those who resided. These murders were carried out by David Parker Ray. David Ray was given the name Toy Box Killer based on the gruesome contraptions and torturous sex chambers that he was hiding um, while he was... Fucking soundproof trailer. ...doing what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, and it was all, like, in a trailer, and it was scary. Fucking wild. Um, yeah. We might just have to do a whole episode about, like, him and that, like, in itself. Because it's a lot. It's a lot. Ooh, ooh. Um... While in TOC, David would target numerous secluded homes for his attacks. This was an easy task for him to do since most of the homes were already secluded. And he only lived seven miles away from TOC at the time. Mm, mm, mm. Which is just so weird. You know, like, what are the odds? And in a town of, like, 3,000 people, that's not where a serial killer needs to be. I mean... He can clear out the whole town if he wants. Exactly, but like even like two deaths there would be catastrophic right. because there's only 3,000 of y'all. Mm-hmm. There's a home located in TOC, New Mexico that eerily resembles the home of Muriel, Muriel Eustace and Courage. It is suspected that David Parker Ray had tortured and murdered some of his victims there, but this was never confirmed and the research for this this episode, just to throw this together like get all the information that i could um it was so confusing it was so confusing because there's this picture and this misleading caption and, it, and it like all over it's place. all a lie um it's some bullshit trying to research mm-hmm. <laughs> for this um because there's this picture that's like viral pretty much of the house in the middle of nowhere um you know you've seen it and we'll yep. put it here in the video yep. as well but there's a picture of the house and the caption says, this is the house where an old couple lived yeah. and their dog and blah, blah, yeah, blah. No, that's not actually the case. That house is the one that is believed to be the house that David Parker 
Ray killed and murdered and tortured some of his victims in because it's in TOC, New Mexico. Um, that old couple story mm-hmm. wasn't even in New Mexico. That shit is crazy. So how could they live in that house? This is crazy. So yeah, make sure you're checking your sources, guys. Cause um, always fact check, guys. <sighs> yeah, you can't you can't believe everything <laughs> you see on the internet. <laughs> I had to go to like hella sources just to get a clear answer. <gasps> how you did that? I literally just put it closer. <laughs> you just gotta let it sit there for a minute. Okay. Police suspected <laughs> that David had at least forty to sixty victims. Though, no bodies were ever found. That shit is crazy. The fact that they're all, like, unconfirmed. Yeah. But the fact that they know that it's that many. Yeah. Unconfirmed. Yeah. And the only reason why he got caught was because one got away. Right. That is insane. And, ooh, no, you know what? If we're going to do an episode on it, I don't want to spoil that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say anything else, yeah. but. To continue, David would create disguises to gain the trust of his next victims. And he would deceive them in one of three ways. There would be a sob story for sympathy, the promise of fame and fortune, simply cutting the victim's phone line and offering to repair it. Hmm. Creepy. Sounds very cursed to Carly Doggy, if you ask me. Yes, it literally does. (laughs) (laughs) Although it might not seem too obvious, all these tactics were ones that the strangers in Curtis the Cowardly Dog would use to persuade Courage and his family, mostly targeting Muriel in their attempts. Muriel was a fragile and delicate, sweet old lady who was easily conned. Oh, man. Poor lady. Poor Muriel. I used to love her because she was so just sweet. so damn just sweet. So sweet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody remembers, but all of the strangers and all of the visitors would use some type of con or some type of Flashy. tactic... Yeah, some type of scamming ass way to get in the house. <laughs> my boy Ramsey was was my favorite. Really? Return I like what was his name? Slob. Cats. Oh yeah, Cats is that guy. Cats was that nigga. Cool. He was a smooth operator. Cool cool Bro, that fuck. one episode. Every time he looked around, he either got a he either got a girl, he got his little suit on. <laughs> Style in a profile. Yeah, he. No, I remember that one episode where it was coming down to like life or death, and <laughs> and. He told Courage, you know. That boy Cass gonna be playing a game. Yeah, he told Courage, all right, look, we gonna settle this in a game of wall ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was my favorite episode. I'm like, and it was so intense. I'm like, bruh, Courage was really trying to, what? No, and another, <laughs> bruh, another guy that really got on my nerves, though, I don't know his name, but that little Asian dude. Oh, yeah. That had him run all over the wall of China, bro. I was like, are you serious? Oh. Mm-hmm. In the small town of TOC, rumors spread like wildfire about David Parker Ray and his heinous behavior. Many townsfolk thought he might have been a skinwalker. It wouldn't have been too far-fetched to think so. And, I mean, I see why people thought he was a skinwalker, though. Because he's oh, sure. doing shit. He's just... He's doing what? shit that skinwalkers do. Wow. Ooh, nice. Oh. You see the pool, guys? That's a great s'more right there. Oh! Oh. Ah! (laughs) And I spilled my laptop. Yeah, it makes sense why everybody thought he was a skinwalker. Because all of the tactics that he was using can easily be tied to the tactics that skinwalker... (gasps) Skinwalkers use. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having too much fun with this shit. I swear, you're not supposed to say it out loud. It's like Voldemort. Yeah. Or Bloody Mary. You see? Damn, we fucking up. Or Candyman. (laughs) Oh, God. Not five times in the mirror. Candyman, Candyman. Does the window count? Yeah. Not on the fucking episode. What? What you gonna do on the episode? Kill us all? Wow. You see? Candyman 2021. No regard. I'm playing. (laughs) So that was the possible theory of some of the inspiration for the show coming from David Parker Ray. What are the odds? You know? And honestly, I would hope that that's not the case because we don't need to glorify serial killers any more than they already are. And I'm going to just leave that at that. (laughs) Our last 
theory and honestly the best one and I didn't even add all the details of this situation into this episode for today because if I did we would be sitting here for a while but I think I did a good job at compressing it and making it digestible nice nice nice. yeah so But still making sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Now we're getting into the elderly couple and their dog. Or cat. About 60 years ago, an elderly married couple, William and Margaret Patterson, William was 52 and Margaret was 42, lived alone together with their cat named Tommy. So, remember how I was saying there was this viral ass picture of the house and the caption was saying the elderly couple had strange occurrences and then you know they went missing and the only thing that was left was their dog mm-hmm. it wasn't even a dog it was a cat that was bad you cat. see how the world be trying to shit on cat lovers <laughs> and cat lovers Every it's not time, fair bro. that would have been interesting though more interesting right if the show yeah that well i don't know i'm just if saying the show would have been about a cat show, i like that it's a dog but i'm just saying it would have been interesting if it was i mean yeah from cat's point of view mm-hmm. but um the, the real story though like the fact that it was an like an actual cat it's like oh so why the hell did everybody lie and say they just wanted to make it sound more like Kurt's a car or a cowardly dog? Yeah. Crazy. The cat's name was Tommy, right? Mm-hmm. And guess what kind of cat he was? Was he a Tom cat? No. What kind of cat was he? He was an Oliver. He was an uh-huh. orange tabby. Kill. Tommy the tabby. Oh. Yeah. So the Pattersons lived in the 3000 block of Piedmont Avenue. The couple owned Patterson's Photo Supply and were well known and liked in the community. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And um, I'm going to go off on a couple tangents like as I'm reading the points on this because there is stuff that I left out, but I like remember so I could like speak about it. Um, but not only did they like own the photo supply, It was also reported that um, William and Margaret, you know, they were well off. Mm -hmm. We'll just say that. They were well off. Um, And, like, well off enough to own stocks, have a house in Mexico. um, Like, you know, just all types of shit. Like, they've got money, got a boat, all that. They're They're living the good life, pretty much. Living the American dream. Yeah, pretty much. The day they vanished, uh, vanished. Vanished, <laughs> The day they vanished, their neighbor Jerry Cash had taken some girl, <laughs> had taken some Girl Scout cookies to their home, but immediately left after feeling unwelcome. My boy said the energy was off. All right. The fact that he made the call himself to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go," <laughs> but he knew something was off already. Mm-hmm. In 2013, Jerry Cash told. Okay, go on. <laughs> told um, El Paso Times, I took some cookies to Mrs. Patterson, and she seemed very upset. This encounter was the last time the Pattersons were ever seen alive again, and this was on March 5th or 6th of 1957. And it's, you know, it's literally 5th or 6th because they, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. You're going to be making that face a lot because um, it just gets weirder and weirder. Oh, nice. We love that here deeper than most. Exactly. <laughs> their whereabouts were never uncovered and their case remains unsolved. This has became El Paso. What? <sighs> Take it easy. You got it. <laughs> this has became El Paso's biggest mystery to date. That shit is crazy. I'm yeah. Just go missing. Till no today. Knows. This happened back in the 50s. <clears throat> and it's still the craziest thing that's happened there. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Even in 2021. So, mm. <laughs> even weirder, when authorities went to the home to search for evidence, Tommy the cat was left alone just, you know, wandering around trying mm-hmm. to fend for himself because right. <laughs> where is, where is Margaret he? and what? William? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that her name was Margaret, Muriel, Margaret, M.M. Yeah. M. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> hey, man. Theories are theories. Doing the maybe, most. Maybe John knew what was up. Doing maybe. the most on deeper than most. Why not? And 
the reason why I added this detail, like, of Tommy being left alone at the house is because your girl Margaret was like me, okay, with Tommy. Like, how I am with the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, Margaret leaving Tommy alone was very unusual, and this was because Margaret treated him like a child. Like, she loved him so much, um... You know, literally looked at the cat as, like, her child because she didn't have any that I know of. I don't know. It's unconfirmed. Um, But this can also be compared to the relationship that Muriel and Courage have. Courage loves Muriel. Muriel loves Courage. Um, And the same could be said for Margaret and Tommy. I like that. It's a very interesting... Mm. And well, nuance. I like yeah, that. and a lot of people had said that Mir- or not Muriel, wow, <laughs> that Margaret um, was a sweet and delicate petite person in real life. Look, I'm just, just like I'm just saying, maybe just Mr. like Muriel Dilworth was on to something. And <laughs> a lot of sources and people that knew them said that um, William he wasn't necessarily rude, but he was just very stern and Eustace. serious at times. He was Eustace, he was Eustace yes. Um, so very interesting, right? I'm just saying that Mr. Dilworth, you know, you, you did your research, you did your homework. <gasps> no, 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 no. I'm like getting too deep into what? this shit right now. What? I was about to say, what if they created like, you know, a spinoff to Courage the Cowardly Dog and it was like Curiosity, the Curious Cat or something. Curiosity, huh? I fuck with you know, like curi- curiosity, hey, you know the cat, or whatever, you know right? You know Wait, crazy. but finish. Let me finish. So, curiosity, the cat. What if that's Tommy? But in you know, courage, the cowardly dog world, Tommy is cats. Hey, that'd be fire. Yeah, right? That'd be fire. <laughs> that's why cats chill. That's why he's up. He what's up. He's like, hey, bro. But what were you saying? This shit ain't going to end well either way, Captain. But what were you saying? Um, I heard they were supposed to be doing a reboot for Courage. <gasps> don't tell me that. Yeah, no, I heard they were supposed to be doing that. I don't know when, but. Okay, we got to we gotta rewatch the actual shit first. And sure. then. When that new one come out, I'll be ready. I'm with it. I'm mad because uh, I saw how they did Ed, Ed, and Eddie and some of the other shows. and Disappointing? I ain't, I ain't a fan. So to continue on, it was confirmed that William had a girlfriend in Mexico. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not, uh, Married that, and got a girlfriend. That he would frequently see. Mm. But shortly before the disappearance... Wait. And although... And although she later retracted the statement... Estefana Marfin told authorities that Patterson told her he may have to disappear soon and do it quickly. And her making this statement, so his mistress or his girlfriend's name was Estefana Marfin. Can you hold this, please? And when she talked to authorities, she told them that Patterson had came to see her and told her that, you know, hey, I got to disappear and I got to do it quick. Fast. But what police were also able to find out was she claimed he told her this mm-hmm. the day they disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of interesting that somebody that would be so close to him to where he would tell them, like, I got to leave, um, you know, and obviously has like a full fledged relationship with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting how after the fact, she recanted her statement. Right. Hmm. Why would you recant? Right. I just That's crazy. The mystique surrounding the case is what has stirred up so many theories. Some think UFOs, some think time travel, or being kidnapped, and others think the couple never even left the home, were murdered, and buried on the premises. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many... Oh. The... Fucking theories for this are endless. Literally endless. All right, I got your next s'more. Sweet. But, of course, due to the location and bizarre details surrounding this, a lot of people suggested... Skinwalkers! Former El Paso County Sheriff 
Leo Samaniego. I think you said that right. Even had a theory that the Pattersons were spies who dropped everything and left. Oh my god! Literally is, every possibility. What in is the that? Bl- Mission Impossible. <laughs> every possibility. No, but I like that theory though. That's a cool theory though. I mean, I, I feel like that's the coolest theory out of all of them. What if they were spies? Because you just never hear about spies, you know, because they're spies. You can't. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, to me, that just sounds cool as hell. I think that's the right answer. But hey, Especially with I them having money. Well, right. there's, okay, so I didn't add this either, but he has reason to believe this theory. Because um, he said, so apparently William used to be a carny mm-hmm. um, before they settled cool. in El Paso, right? Um and with this, I guess like you know he's just always on the road, always on the move, and that's kind of like perfect. It's low, you know, low profile jobs, like quick. You get your money, you can keep going, keep it pushing. Right. Which is kind of ideal for a spy because mm-hmm. you don't want to get too comfortable, stay somewhere for too long, and then right. people figure out what's going on. Exactly. Um. But however, I don't know if Sheriff Leo Samaniego himself um witnessed or i don't know i don't know how he would have witnessed but um i don't know if he witnessed william doing this or if somebody else didn't came to him with the information um but somehow he knew or he figured that william was taking pictures of aircrafts and uh, military grade vehicles that were entering and leaving the area Oh, they were definitely spies. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, like, why would you be taking pictures of that? You know? Mm. And it was, like, all the time. It was constant, so. They were definitely that's, spies. That's why he, you know, it could have just been a fascination, a hobby, whatever, but he's leaning towards spies. And that's always fun. So. I mean, hey. Hey. <laughs> if it work, it work. Oh, God. After the couple vanished, associates at Patterson Photo Supply told police that the couple went on an extended vacate of Florida and had sent back instructions on how to properly distribute their properties to friends, family, and colleagues. The letter was signed W.H. Patterson. However, William's middle name was Darrell. Ah. <laughs> Weird, ain't it? Okay. How you mess up your own middle initial? Mm. And to go further into this, um, so there were, you know, instructions sent back to properly distribute their property to friends, whatever, whatever. So in the town, there was one other Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And so that was pretty much the competition, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the guy who worked at this other Photoshop, Mm -hmm. he or owned it, he and... William were kind of friends. Like, yeah, sure, we're in competition, but, like... They were frenemies. Yeah, exactly. And, um, believe it or not, the guy who owned the other Photoshop and his wife went over to the Patterson's house for dinner a couple days prior to their disappearance. And, you know, of course, they chopped it up and said that they were friends um, having dinner over there. But the guy... I forgot his name. (sighs) I forgot his fucking name. But anyways... Um, the other shop owner, he claimed that him and William went out into the garage after they ate, um, and were like polishing wood onto his boat or something like that. And while they were out there, he claims that William told him that him and Margaret were going to be going on this vacation, but nobody else was told this information. Yes. William and Margaret never told anybody else, but they're going to tell the friend of me? They're going to tell the competition, though. Right, exactly. And to go even further, when it comes down to the distribution of the property to friends and family, you notice how colleagues is also in there? Mm-hmm. Well, who would technically be considered a colleague? Mm-hmm. So not only was this guy at their house, you know, a couple days right before their disappearance. Right. He claims that, um... He claims that he just, that he just know all the teeth. Exactly. Yeah, he claims that he was the one that was told that they were going on vacation. 
Um, and also when Margaret and William were officially considered like missing, they found William's car. At his spot. Yes, in the parking lot of the other dude's mm-hmm. shop. Mm-hmm. And on top of all of this and all of that, um, when investigators went to search the home to look for the Pattersons, when they found out that they were officially missing, mm-hmm. it literally looked like they would be coming home like within the next couple of minutes. All of their like shit was still on. The cat had not been like fed yet. Like... They still had dishes in the sink. They had, like, clothes on the bed. Um, They had just, like, taken clothes to the dry cleaners that they left there. They had a hotel reservation in another location that they never checked into, but they also never canceled. Mm -hmm. Literally, like, it's just, it's so much. It's so polluted. (laughs) But um, it's just kind of odd how that guy just keeps popping up, too. So, not only, you know, was the car parked at his spot, and this, that, and third, there's just, like, a whole bunch of other shit. There was um, a friend who was, like, an immigrant, um, you know, at the time when he knew William, and he claims that once he found out that William and Margaret were missing, he saw um, some damning things that he came out to the police with later like years later that's wild though isn't it that's wild as hell because why and and old dude his name was uh, doyle kirkland the other shop owner he left right after like he ditched town in 1960 suspicious yes and then the illegal immigrant um his name was reynaldo nangare i think that's how you say it i hope oh yeah Nangare? You said it right. Okay. So, Reynaldo Nangare was the caretaker of the Patterson's home. Like I said, they had money, you know. And he made an official statement once he was legal because this is why he didn't come forward when it mattered is because he couldn't. Mm -hmm. Which honestly fucking sucks because it's like, bruh. (sighs) You know, like, I don't know. I'm not even about to get into it, but but like, why? (laughs) Just why? Yeah. Just stupid. Just let the man say what he got to say, even if it's anonymous, you know? Mm -hmm. So he made an official statement that he not only saw blood, but there was a part of a person's scalp on the propeller of Pat's boat. And Pat was William's nickname. Um, So, yeah, literally a piece of somebody's scalp, like bloody scalp, in the propeller of William's boat. The same boat. That Doyle Kirkland said that he was out there um, polishing. Somebody need to explain some shit to me because, like, it's just too much shit. That's just, yeah, you know. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But not only did um, Reynaldo, you know, find the scalp on the boat, mm-hmm. he also found a pair of jeans with a Rolex watch that belonged to William. Mm-hmm. And said he saw, like I said earlier, one of William's associates or friends remove bloody sheets from the home and put them inside the trunk of a car. So, yeah. There's a lot of shit going on. Lots and lots of stuff. Um, And so all of that is very suspicious. And then, Super. And then nobody can really even think like, okay, what would happen to them? Oh, and don't they look like Eustace and Muriel? Yeah. That nigga look like Eustace. He looked just like And, like, she looks like a young Muriel. For sure. But, um, what's interesting is, you know, obviously police tried to backtrack and talk to family members and friends and whatnot and try to piece things together and see, like, oh, has anybody heard from them? Right. So, William was very private about his family and his home life, um... Although he definitely was a little more in contact with them than mm-hmm. Margaret was. Mm-hmm. Margaret was completely estranged. She did not deal with her family one. whatsoever. So because she was missing, she like nobody could even go to her family and be like, hey, we're trying to find her. Like, Do you, ha- do you know anything? Have you heard no. anything? Because nobody. She, and they didn't even know who her family was because she was estranged and she just didn't talk about them or to them. Right. Um, and then William was very tight-lipped about like all of his life like 
didn't want people in his business, didn't want the details out there. It, very spy behavior. Like, you know? Whole family, like, you just a whole, you just a person out here. Nobody in the knows. middle of nowhere yeah, with a nobody cat. Knows who you are. Come on. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that's pretty much like all the information. Well, not all of it. There's more, of course, but all that I could like jam pack into this fucking episode. And legend says that the Pattersons still linger in the home till this day. Mm. And, uh, man, mm. it's crazy. But mm. the fact that, like, it was still thought to be skinwalkers that, like, had something to do with the Pattersons is pretty interesting. Three different stories, or two, I guess, technically, involving skinwalkers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It could be skinwalkers. For all we know. We don't know shit. We don't. We just give you the information. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> and now on to the ending questions. <laughs> so, question number one. What do you think really happened to the Pattersons? You want to go first? Or you They're spies. To... Spies? They're spies. That's it. They're totally fucking, spies? They're fucking spies. That's a great show, too. <laughs> it is. Spy Kids? The great movie. Ooh, I used to love the replacements. replacements. Ooh, that just like sparked a Todd and uh, Riley. Yeah, I agree. I think it's spies for sure. They gotta be, and if they're not, maybe maybe time travel, maybe UFOs. Not too. I just don't want to think that like. I just don't want to think they're like they were hurt. Yeah, you know. But damn, that Doyle Kirkland Photoshop guy just. Seems very suspicious. That damn scalpel on the boat thing, kind of. Yeah, that's suspicious as hell. Fucking bloody sheets. Yeah, what's going on there? Yeah. And it was never disclosed, like, who the guy was. And then the fact that, like, he went to his mistress and was like, I feel like somebody's coming for me, so I need to leave, like, right Gotta now. Go. Gotta do it. That's just weird in itself. And if the, he actually did get away and they left, of course he would be in touch with her and be able to talk to her and say, like, you know, hey, I heard you talk to the police. Tell them never mind, you know? So that would make sense why she recanted her story. But there's so many things that make sense and that don't make sense that none of it makes sense. That's <laughs> scary. That's scary. Hell, though. <laughs> Living in the middle of nowhere and then, like, somebody possibly, like, on your ass. I swear to God. Ooh, hell no. Uh, in the middle Ooh. of nowhere, bro. It just gave me chills. <laughs> hell no. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, imagine how the people in TOC felt. Yeah, man. In New Mexico, yeah. when they found out David's ass was out was there. Was out there lurking. Like, come on, I would have been like, yeah, I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving care. tomorrow, I got, today. I no fucking money, but this gas that I but got But I'm going to have truck, it today. <laughs> this gas that I got in this truck is going to take me wherever I need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the fuck away from here. Because if it work, it work. Straight up. So, yeah. We think that they're spies. <laughs> like... That's, that's the only thing that makes sense. That's all I got. <laughs> Especially if Courage Howardly Dog is somewhat inspired by this somehow, some way. And I know that what's his name? John Dilworth. Dilworth. Yeah. So John Dilworth, he did state in multiple interviews that like, no, it's not based off of this really. Like it's based off of, you know, just other horror things that I've watched like throughout my lifetime and stuff. No, that's not fun. So <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Listen, this is too accurate. It's I mean, I'm pretty sure that is where he got the main, yeah. the main premise yeah. for his show. Like, I'm sure that's what helped inspire it. But, I mean, you can always have more than one piece of inspiration. Oh, no, for you sure, know, yeah. for a project. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I you never know. Network picked it up. They knew what the hell. I swear, no, for real. It's like one of the best things that's happened. Ed and Eddie, this show. Man, I listen, can't wait for these nighttime nostalgia listen, episodes. Dude, We're about like, to get from the late nineties to like early twenty tens, golden age cartoon. Yeah. Golden age. Yeah, it was. Honestly, like if I were to have a kid, I would raise like I wouldn't bother trying to show them the new cartoons. I would raise them on the cartoons that I was raised on. Because what? is that bad? No, because they need to watch it. But like that shit's outdated. Yeah, yeah, it's outdated. But it's better than the shit they got going on now. That's true, honestly. 
So our second question is, which theory connection to Courage the Cowardly Dog do you believe to be true or, you know, somewhat true? Man. Out of all the things. So out of Toy Box Killer Theory, um, Literal Hell Theory, Just Scared Theory, the Skinwalker Theory, or the Elderly Couple Theory. (laughs) And there's so many more. UFOs, time travel. Just... What do you think? <laughs> Man, shit. If anything. Or even a part of a theory. If anything, they all play a part. <laughs> In what way? They all play a part. Because the villains can be chalked up to be the toy box killer. And the little hell can be the constant showing up of said villains. And him just being fucking afraid is literally him reacting to each of the villains. And in terms of the elderly couple and inspiration... Used as a Muriel. Cut and dry. What about the skinwalkers? And also, that could be a thing, too. It's just... It all just makes sense. <laughs> but if the theory that David Bar- or Parker Ray is a skinwalker, then that works, too. Because that means that skinwalkers are already tied in. Exactly. Connection that I believe to be true or somewhat true... This sounds boring, but um, definitely that he's just scared of strangers. I mean, that's plausible. Shit. Like, cause like, and that's what the, on the show, if you know the show, Courage is just. He just don't be he's having that shit. He's literally a coward. Like, he don't be having that shit. My man is not don't. with that. He's like, bro, who the fuck is this? And yeah. what do you want? Like, and honestly, I would say the personalities of. um. Margaret and William, I can definitely correlate their personality types to that, you know, of Eustace and Muriel that are portrayed in the show. Because they are very similar. For sure. For sure, yeah. They're the same people, dog. They, it's the show... Pretty much. It's the same. <laughs> so, question three. There's no the possible inspiration for one of your favorite childhood shows... Ruin the nostalgia of it, and why? Mm, no, it doesn't. No. Why? It doesn't ruin it because it makes it more fun. I agree. It's like oh shit, I, <laughs> I agree. Never, I would have never thought of that. Like, yeah, I think it just makes you feel more connected with the content itself, like yeah. you know, with something that you grew up with. And growing up, you know, you didn't know the truth behind the matter, but as you grow up and you turn into an adult, it's cool to be able to look back on it and understand what you didn't before and kind of just get a full picture, like a complete picture of what you were watching as a kid. Because, boy, (laughs) the shit they had us watching is polluted. Listen, 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 boy. Hey, hey, Arnold. But we didn't notice. But we didn't notice as kids. You don't care. We just liked the show. (laughs) Well, you just didn't notice because you're innocent. So, I, yeah, like I said, I agree. I mean, I don't think that it would ruin it. I know the inspiration for a lot of things, and I think it makes it even cooler. Yeah, honestly, kinda it like, make me want to rewatch it. Like, Yeah, kind of like um, Jennifer's Body. Like, mm-hmm. how I was telling you it's, like, inspired or based off of a true case. Yeah. Not saying that's cool, but um, it definitely... Just it makes, makes you kind of like want to put the pieces together. It put the pieces together, but it also makes the portrayal of it um, seem like it holds more weight. Because it's not just something that came off of somebody's head, you know, right. off the dome. Right. Like, this is based off of something that happened to a real person. Right. And so I just feel more invested knowing the backstory, mm-hmm. you know? So the last question is, was... Courage the Cowardly Dog, one of your favorite shows growing up? It was top three. <laughs> top three. What are your three? Courage the Cowardly Dog, um, Teen Titans, the original Teen Titans, and Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Actually, yeah, I'm going to just have to put Ed, 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 and Eddie in that third spot. Because there's a lot of fucking... In third? Yeah, it's third. Because, like, honestly, I could do a whole top ten list, but... Maybe we should on a nighttime nostalgia episode. Yeah, probably could get into that. Yeah. Um, Courage the Coward the Dog is definitely one of my favorites, for sure. 
Um, I agree. Ed, Ed, and Eddie is probably, like, number two. If we're talking, like, Cartoon Network type shit. And number three would be Powerpuff Girls. What? Powerpuff Girls was my shit, I man. love Powerpuff Girls. It's on the list, but it ain't, it, you know, it's like... That's my top it's three. Top five. I don't know... There's no order, because they're all just equally good, but those top three are my top three. I feel that. Because Powerpuff Girls, I watched that as an adult, and it hit ten times better. That shit is hilarious. Huh? I, I used to watch that shit religiously. It hit it it's hit way hard. Weird. It's hilarious. Boy, Jojo used to get his ass beat Boy, they used to be beating his ass. As it's hilarious. Dog, like, he didn't even get time to do shit. Ooh, you know what I forgot? Uh, the Misadventures of Flapjack. Oh, that, that show was great. Or Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. I like, think Flapjack's better. I mean... I, I was never really a fan of Foster's. I just think really? it's a good show. No, I never compared those two. I, I never thought, liked Foster's. Yeah, so. uh, it was cool. You liked it? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. I think it was the kid and his haircut. I didn't even fuck. I you had like a, a big ass bowl. I was worried about Blue and Kay. Coco and the fucking. <laughs> it was just too weird for me. <laughs> the character. So Flapjack <laughs> wasn't fucking weird. Like this nigga was a I fucking know, orphan I know. living in a whale with whatever the hell could look. And being flies up with his toe. <laughs> right. Having a bar fight with a fly. With his fucking toes. Mm-hmm. And one. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So, yeah, that was our, I don't know what the fuck we would call that. So, yeah, that was our nighttime, our first ever nighttime nostalgia installment. And I guess. What do you guys think? How'd you like it? Yeah, let us know. And I guess this is considered our first ever like Twisted Theories catered episode. It was all about theories. And we love theories. So, guys, this has been our first Nighttime Nostalgia episode. With all that being said, guys, I've been your host, Harlow. And I've been your host, Ollie. And and I've been your podcast, Kitty Sam. And I've been your podcast, Kitty DJ. (laughs) Damn, son. We'll catch you guys next time Ah, on another episode of Deeper Deeper Than Than Most. Most.